from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of the state. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures, Ice Miller, and Indiana University. Buy, sell, or stay. Where the housing market is headed in 2023 and how Hoosiers can make the most of it. Plus, Bobinski will never recruit a five-star that uh, is, 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 is going to contribute as much to Purdue uh, as uh, as this man's likely to. An exclusive chat with Purdue University's new president, Meng Sheng, after week one on the job. Voila. And more high-profile sporting events in the pipeline for the capital city. A review on the year that was and what sports fans have to look forward to. Ten seconds better than her best. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. We begin this week's show in the Westgate subdivision in Westfield. Westfield, the fastest growing city in the state of Indiana. And this development with hundreds of homes really representative of so many developments throughout Hamilton County and many parts of the state of Indiana. In fact, despite a cooling housing market nationally, Indiana remains a pretty robust market. In fact, Realtor.com ranks Indiana as one of the hottest housing markets in the nation. Fort Wayne, one of three Hoosier regions to land on Realtor's top 20 list for November. Summit City ranking fifth in the nation. Elkhart Goshen and Lafayette, West Lafayette, also among the top 20. Realtor.com describes hottest housing as areas where homes sell the fastest. But as we begin 2023, the market is certainly in transition. What can we expect in the year ahead? Well, to break things down, I'm pleased to be joined, as always, by Greg Cooper. Greg is with Compass of Indiana's team, Crossroads uh, Collective. Got your uh, pulse, uh, fingers on the pulse of the uh, economy, so to speak, right? Yeah, we're right out there. When it it happens, we feel it real quickly. We're in a Lennar home uh, in the Westgate subdivision here in Westfield. As I mentioned earlier, fastest growing city uh, in uh, in the state. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is representative of what has been a lot of building going on. Out right. Lennar is the number one home builder in the state, about 1,700 homes last year. Very similar to this. They have a, a very systematic and thorough approach to building stuff, and they, they get things done in a very per- strong and good processed way. So, Okay. I'm reading, you are too, many people reading headlines around the country, California, a precipitous drop right. uh, in, in home sales, home building, all those types of things. You're telling me that you're not seeing that same drop off here. No, I, I cringe when I get up in the morning and I see some headline about how horrific the housing market is because Indiana is not falling. If you're waiting for prices to fall, you're going to be disappointed. I mean, California is down 48% in sales, units of sales. We are not down that much. We are at a plateau. We are not going way down. And so that's a, that's a strong message that both buyers and sellers need to understand, uh, but use accordingly based on their goals. What should folks who are thinking about buying, thinking about selling in the year ahead, what are some things they should keep in mind? You and I talked earlier, and the, the word that struck me is balance. The market is back in balance. Very much so. And, and actually, we have a really good housing market right now because buyers, unlike early 2021, buyers can get a mortgage. They don't have to have cash. They're allowed to have an inspection. They can have an appraisal, and the home has to appraise out. So those are three things that are really important for the health of homeowners in Indiana. The second side of that, Gary, on the uh, seller side of it, is that you can't take it for granted anymore. You're going to slap a sign up and get 12 offers. Right. You need to be ready. Your kitchen 
needs to be updated. Your owner suite needs to be updated. If you are a perfect fit for the demands of the market, you can still get full list price out of your home. Yeah, you mentioned mortgage rates. That's certainly been a big, uh, uh, a big topic of discussion. Where do you see rates going in the year ahead? They're up from where they were. Where right. do you see them going? Well, a couple of things on that. Number one, I think that uh, unlike the sticker shock of the mid-2022 mortgage market, I think most people are kind of settling in that we're not going to be at 2.875 anytime soon. There's that side of it. Another interesting phenomenon is that at the last time the Federal Reserve raised the discount rate, mortgage rates actually went down. So I think we're going to see rates ease. We could see little spikes or drops along the way, but I think they're going to ease. I think we'll be five and a half to six for a good part of the year. And of course, there's a lot of economic things that could happen, but I don't see any precipitous spikes like we saw a year ago. And, and psychology is Huge. a big, big part of it, right? Completely. People have to understand that a year ago, if you bought a 425 house, you might have paid 470. This year, you buy a 425 house, maybe you pay 405. So when you start looking at the differentiation in sale price, you're almost paying the same monthly as you would have in the previous market where rates were 2 what, what, where do you see the home building market uh, going, Greg? Because uh, obviously we've seen with uh, supply chain issues, cost, labor, all kinds of things right. that really affected that market. So the demand for new product is still incredibly high. People want turnkey. Uh, there are some people that are willing to do rehab. There are some people that are willing to buy an older home. But what we're in now is absolutely a huge demand in the marketplace. And I don't think that's going to change anytime in 2023. You, do you see it? Some of the issues in the home building market, e e easing supply chain? and others? Yeah, it is. I mean, labor costs are still high. Supply chain costs are still high. It's getting a little better. It has not changed the overall pricing on new construction. So don't think that just because it's a little better than it was a year ago, you're going to walk in and somebody's going to, to dramatically reduce the price of a new home. You might get options packages that are very enticing to you that the builder's willing to offer. But in terms of raw pricing, it's probably not going to change a whole lot from last year and certainly not going to go down. A lot, of the, a lot of stuff to digest there. Greg Cooper, as always, great perspective. We'll talk to you soon. Great to be here. Next, the passing of the baton at Purdue University. New President Meng Shang joins me in studio to weigh in on keeping the Daniels decade momentum going. His vision for what's next in West Lafayette. We'll see you back in studio after a break. It's time now for Eye on Education, brought to you by PNC Bank. A university creates a time when lives are lifted by student access and success. My own life was lifted out of scarcity because of education. That's Meng Chang, Purdue's new president, an immigrant who landed in the U.S. from China through Hong Kong and into the U.S., recognizing the value of education as a way forward. Purdue University's 13th president not only has an elite academic pedigree that includes Princeton and Stanford, he's an innovator, inventor, and entrepreneur with 25 U.S. patents. He's also started three companies and was once named New Jersey's CEO of the year. And he has a definite vision for Indiana's land-grant institution. And I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Meng Chang to the studio for his first interview since taking the reins at Purdue University this week. And uh, President Chang, thanks for joining us. Hi, Gary. Great to be here. Yeah. Hey, um, President Chang, is, is it sunk in Among, yet? Among, please. Among, okay. Has the, the president's title sunk in yet? Well, there's a lot of weight. There's a lot of humbling honor associated with that. And uh, I'm here to serve uh, the great university, Purdue, boiler up uh, to, uh, uh, to all the Hoosiers to serve our wonderful state of Indiana and our uh, 
greatest country uh, in the history of human race, uh, United States. Well, I mentioned a little bit of your background, uniquely qualified uh, academic pedigree, inventor, entrepreneur, 25 U.S. patents, and that unique path as an immigrant from uh, America, from to America, from China through Hong Kong. You grew up in multiple uh, environments, some that you would describe as harsh. Talk about your background and how that shapes who you are today. You know, I'm uh, proud and privileged to, to be an American. Uh, this truly is the greatest nation in human history. Uh, it is the best land for freedom and opportunity. And part of that is the public land grant university system here. Uh, so that adds to the weight of the honor for me to serve uh, Indiana's public land grant institution. Mm -hmm. As you look at uh, your new role, and certainly Mitch Daniels, who uh, held this for the past decade uh, or, or so, uh, some big shoes to fill. But you, you two have worked very closely together in the last number of months. Talk about that transition. Well, you know, uh, I've been here in Indiana and at Purdue University for the past five and a half years uh, as the Dean of Engineering College at Purdue and then the EVP. Well, in between, I did take one year leave of absence to serve our country in the State Department. And also, I've been serving uh, on a pro bono basis as our state's innovation and technology advisor. Uh, and I have to say that uh, Mitch Daniels, you said big shoes, well, incredibly large shoes. Mitch is the legend, and he is the transformational visionary that built Purdue into the what I would call the most consequential public university in our country, and he's the most innovative president in America. Uh, he has been also an incredible mentor to me, and over the past six months of seamless transition, mm -hmm. I got to learn even more closely from Mitch. Yeah, let's talk about your vision and a couple of things in particular. Uh, one is the new IUPUI, if you will, uh, Indiana University, Purdue University, still going to be very uh, prominent there, obviously. What do you foresee, what do you envision Purdue's role in Indianapolis as being? Well, as IUPUI splits and there's going to be the Purdue in Indy, Purdue in Indy is a campus, but it's not a regional campus. It is integral part of Purdue's core main campus, uh, West Lafayette and in Indy. And our hope is very simple, that Purdue is going to invest in, partners with, and grow the Indianapolis tech scene. Now, we want more jobs. We want more knowledge, we want more talent and workforce, and all of those working together at a scale with the quality that is second to none anywhere in this country. And I know that there are urban opportunities. There's opportunity to graduate thousands more of STEM talents for our capital city. And there's the opportunity to partner with startups and large companies, today's and future large companies, who is going to come here and call Indianapolis their home. And then there is this book ending, the Heart Tech Corridor in central Indiana, from downtown Indianapolis all the way through Lebanon uh, to West Lafayette. Yeah. So you see a, a, a real physical uh, a corridor uh, extending, as you say, from West Lafayette through Lebanon, that Leap Technology mm -hmm. and Innovation Park to downtown Indianapolis. Well, if you believe a Google map measurement, it is about 63 miles. It's a straight line and it's going to be a hard tech corridor, hard tech as in technology that you can touch. It could be semiconductors. It could be ag biopharma manufacturing. It could be uh, transportation, logistics and aerospace. These hard tech pillars of technology is going to drive economic growth and job creation. And Purdue is going to be an integral part of this, walking alongside all the business partners 
months. Mm -hmm. And this 63-mile stretch, mm -hmm. including Governor Hogan and Secretary Chambers' visionary leap districts in Lebanon, right in the middle of this stretch, mm -hmm. is going to redefine not only our state, but the whole Midwest. All right, we have much more with uh, President Meng Chang. And for an extended conversation with President Chang, go to InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Well, big public institutions like Purdue, not the only schools focused on producing tech talent. Take Franklin College. The small liberal arts school says conversations with corporate partners like Lilly, Roche, and others have sparked big investment in STEM-related areas, including a $17 million science center and the Center for Tech Innovation, a campus hub which President Kerry Prather says is helping produce graduates who are tech-fluent. It uh, speaks to uh, the exciting programming going on in there. There's a large maker space. Um, we have a podcast studio, a virtual reality space, a 3D printer, all of the resources necessary to uh, give students an opportunity, whether they're history majors or computer science majors, to really become versed in the software uh, applications and the, and the tech platforms necessary for them to succeed. Franklin College says it is one of only 60 Adobe campuses worldwide. Also noteworthy, President Prather tells me about 90% of Franklin College grads are landing employment in Indiana. Well, one advantage to working and living in central Indiana, how about a front row seat to everything from the Big Ten football title game to the greatest spectacle in racing? Next, we look ahead to the game plan for sporting events coming to Indianapolis. Plus, a wildly popular podcast, it's Who's Your Founder and What's Next. Hi, Crime Junkie. The IBJ's David Lindquist is on the case with the next chapter for the Indianapolis-based podcast hit, Crime Junkies. Check it out in this week's IBJ. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. Well, sports continues to be a big-time economic driver for Indianapolis and Indiana. 2022, no different. Our Mary Rachel Redmond caught up with Indiana Sports Corporation President Patrick Talty to get an update on the year that was and also look at what fans can expect going forward. Big Ten West champion, Purdue Boilermakers. 2022 ended with a bang. 2022 was a big year for us. Close the year out strong, Big Ten championship game. We were sold out, uh, second largest attendance to date. But perhaps it's the big buck secured last year that's the banner headline. In 2022, we bid on and secured for future economic impact over $500 million. We also won a uh, women's Final Four for 28 won a uh, men's Final Four for 29. Competition's tough, so we at the Sports Corps never take for granted um, these bids. Yes, we've hosted lots of Final Fours in the past, but we didn't take that for granted. We didn't, we didn't rest on our laurels or talk about the history. We talked about the future. What does it look like to reimagine the tournament in, in Indianapolis, even though that will be our 10th men's Final Four? Um, how does it look new? How does it look different? Because it's really important to show the rights holders 
um, and the NCA, who is a great partner here locally, that we take it for we take it seriously and we don't take them for granted and we cherish and understand the importance of these events. Walk in the gym, I can do this. And speaking of important events, Talty says 2023 is all about getting ready for 24 when Indy takes the international stage hosting NBA All-Star Weekend and then USA Swimming Olympic Trials at Lucas Oil Stadium later that year. I mean, the NBA All-Star Game is one that will give us um, access to a new audience. It's an international event. Um, it's one that is kind of a crossroads of music and fashion and sports. Um, and it's a brand new audience. And, and and I think we'll do it better than anyone else. So it's really important because it's show, we get to show Indy on a global stage. And then the swimming, um, it's really about, it's that Olympic movement. And, and it'll be nine nights of primetime coverage on NBC of us showing why Indy is the best place to live, work, and play. And, and so I think those events are really, really important to everyone to be able to see what Indy is about and how important it is and how great a city it is. We have a lot to be proud of and we have a lot uh, of special things in Indy. And we want to highlight those for people to see how special it is here. Fantastic! What a pass! Mary Rachel Redmond inside Indiana Business. Here's what's making news around Indiana. Brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors. Indiana's 21,000 realtors. The neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. Governor Eric Holcomb has unveiled an ambitious $3 billion legislative agenda, which includes a big focus on economic development statewide. The governor's next level agenda includes a $300 million deal closing fund and $300 million per year tax credit cap to help entice new business to the state. The Holcomb administration also asking for an additional $500 million for a second round of the Regional Economic Acceleration and Development Initiative, or READY, which supports economic and community development projects throughout Indiana. Northwest Indiana now the land of sand and steel. Heavy-duty industry coexisting with one of the state's most unique natural gems along the shores of Lake Michigan. It's been almost four years now since the Indiana Dunes became a national park and a magnet for tourism. In 2021, the dunes attracted more visitors than Yellowstone, uh, Yosemite, and the Grand Canyon. The main entree at the Indiana Dunes National Park, the pristine sand mounds and 15 miles of beaches. And something else that may surprise you, an urban park that is home to a treasure trove of nature's gems. We are seventh in the nation out of 421 national park units in, in biodiversity. Wow. So we are the crossroads to biodiversity in our national parks. So you're going to, we have more um, unique biodiversity than they have at Yellowstone National Park. Much more with Indiana Dunes National Park Executive Director Lorelai Weimer on the next Business and Beyond podcast. You can check that out Monday at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Coming up next, new hope for lung cancer patients thanks to high-tech innovation created by an Indiana Life Sciences pioneer. It's time now for Inside Innovation. Well, the new year has a new job for the former CEO of Indianapolis-based TechPoint, Mike Langelier, has joined High Alpha as operating partner and the head of new ventures there. Langelier led the nonprofit growth accelerator for Indiana's tech sector for nine years, stepping down in May. 
Being able to gamble on your phone may not be too far off. Indiana lawmakers considering a bill to legalize iGaming, which brings poker, slot machines, and other gambling straight to your phones and other devices. Well, Purdue's Dr. Philip Lau has earned another feather in his cap with the recent FDA approval for a lung cancer technology. Business of Health reporter Kylie Valletta here now with much more. Kylie. That's right. Another big accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Dr. Lau is a life sciences icon in Indiana, and this most recent approval is for an injection that can be used during lung cancer surgery. Called Cytolux, the fluorescent dye targets lung cancer and makes the cancer cells light up during surgery, so doctors can see more cancerous tissue during surgery and better remove it. And this is the second FDA approval for Lau's startup in West Lafayette called On Target Laboratories. He credits support from Purdue as a major factor in the company's success. And the atmosphere here where um, using your knowledge to create something that matters to the public is not frowned upon in many other institutions if you actually you know, uh, try to use your your discoveries to, um, you know, create a, a commercial product that looks like you're prostituting yourself for filthy lucre, and the and the, your scientific colleagues may look down on that because you're diverting yourself from this pursuit of pure knowledge. Lau says Purdue has been instrumental in helping him launch seven companies, one of which he sold for $2 billion. Another success story. And, and you know, he's had a, I know he had a lot to say about Mitch Daniels, the outgoing Purdue president, and his impact on research and development. Yes, he says his administration, Mitch Daniels, was so progressive in mm -hmm. taking discoveries and finding uses for them for the public good. He really built out the infrastructure mm -hmm. at Purdue to help create these spin-off companies, which obviously Lau says has benefited all of his companies. Companies. All right. Great story. Thanks, Kylie, as always. Well, finally this week, this is the time of year when we hear lots of predictions, and we got one in an extended interview with Secretary of Commerce Brad Chambers. After a record $22 billion in economic development commitments in 2022, he's calling his shot for this year. This is news breaking for you, but I'm going on the record, right? Yeah. Um, I can't go backwards. The, the team and, and I can't go backwards from 22. So it's got to be more than 22 billion, to, you know, uh, it is, is our hope and, and, and aspiration. Calling a shot in 23. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.